Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. You receive a portal message on Monday morning from Lisa G., a 38-year-old patient of yours who has mild asthma. She often has flares in the spring, especially when the trees bloom. This past April, she went to an urgent care facility on a Sunday night because she was having a flare of her asthma and wanted to, quote, nip it in the bud, end quote, without missing work. Instead of prescribing her the typical albuterol short-acting beta agonist, they gave her a combination long-acting beta agonist and steroid inhaler and told her to use it as needed. Lisa read online that these were only supposed to be used in people with more severe asthma and as a preventative, and only use it twice a day at that. She wants to know what she should do. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Alan Ehrlich, Associate Professor in Family Medicine at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and Executive Editor of Dynamed. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Frank. So, Frank, this is uh, something that comes up a lot, the issues around asthma and the management of asthma. And can you just remind us about how asthma is classified and why is that important when you're thinking about how to treat a patient with asthma? It's so interesting, especially being around a medical school. This is one of those things that that students often worry about because it's going to appear on a test. So there's four um, classifications of asthma. There's, There's intermittent asthma. And and when you're thinking about asthma, think about the number two. Intermittent asthma is patients having symptoms less than two days a week and nighttime wakenings less than twice a month. And these are typically patients who may have been traditionally using their beta agonist uh, once or twice a week and really had no interference in their daily life from asthma. The next classification up is mild persistent asthma. These are patients who have symptoms for more than two days a week, but not on a daily basis. They occasionally get woken up maybe three or four times a month, and they'll use their short-acting beta agonist maybe more than twice a week, but not that often. Okay, so, so intermittent, less than two days a week, mild, more than two days a week. Moderate persistent asthma is daily symptoms. So these are people who have a great deal of asthma. They're awakening uh, at least once a week, um, with their asthma symptoms. And then finally, severe persistent asthma. These are patients who we worry about the most. These are patients who have symptoms throughout the day. They're awakening every night. They're using their beta agonist all the time. So these are the current um, four classifications of asthma, and and they have... um, they, they, they're easy to forget the classifications, but I think for our discussion, it's most important to think about those who have intermittent asthma versus mild persistent asthma. Okay, so for Lisa, uh, should she be using the lava and steroid for an acute exacerbation? Well, I have to tell you, um, through most of my career, short-acting beta agonist was the standard of care for treating any sort of asthma exacerbation. Uh, We would use them because we knew they made patients feel better, they made them feel more in control of their asthma, and they were readily available. 
Um, but that's changed recently, and I think that kind of slipped under the radar. Um, I want to tell a little bit about a study that was done. It was a one-year-long, 52-week randomized trial of patients with mild asthma. Again, patients having symptoms more than twice a week. And they randomized those patients into three groups. One group was told, use your inhaled albuterol, two puffs every four hours as needed for asthma symptoms. There was a second group where they said, even though you you just have... Um, um, uh, a fairly low level of asthma, you have mild asthma, we'd like to put you on budesonide steroid inhaler um, to be used twice a day and then as needed albuterol. And let's just see what happens. And then the third group was told, oh, we're going to give you a combination budesonide formoterol uh, inhaler. Uh, that's a steroid combined with a long-acting beta agonist and told just use that one inhalation um, as needed for exacerbation. So Albuterol as needed, um, steroid maintenance, two puffs, uh, a steroid maintenance, one puff twice a day, whether you're having symptoms or not, or as needed, steroid and long-acting beta agonist as needed for flares. And they followed those patients forward, and they found that the annualized exacerbation rate in the using the long-acting beta agonist and steroid was lower than those who just used albuterol alone. They also found there was no real difference between the budesonide maintenance group, the people who use the inhaler twice a day to prevent an exacerbation, and the as-needed budesonide for motorol group. So it found that this combination used as needed, likely because it treated both the, uh, the acute um, uh, bronchospasm and addressed um, inflammation early on in patients' illness was as effective as trying to prevent it with a required daily inhaler and more effective than as-needed short-acting. Finally, the study showed that severe exacerbations were reduced by over 50% in the combination steroid formoterol group um, than in both the albuterol group and the budesonide maintenance group. So this is a change in practice and is 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 huge because it, it, it alters how we think about asthma exacerbations both from treatment and from the pathophysiology. That's fascinating, Frank. And so what they're saying is that even if you only use it when someone's having an exacerbation, you still have fewer exacerbations than if you try and use a controller medicine on a long-term basis, again, for people with fairly mild symptoms. Yep, that's correct, right. So what about the safety of it, though? Um, like Lisa, you know, many of us learned that the long-acting beta agonists uh, could increase deaths and were contraindicated for acute exacerbations. That's right. Um, when long-acting beta agonists came out, in, in particular, salmeterol came out in the early 2000s, there was some data that showed it's possible if patients relied upon this agent alone, uh, it increased the risk of some adverse events, particularly in African Americans. But by 2010, there was a good data set available that showed there was no evidence of an increased risk of asthma-related hospitalization or asthma-related deaths. And, uh, in patients who used long-acting beta agonists, um, especially when they were combined with a steroid. So I think um, what we learned when these drugs first became available are that uh, there, there might have been a risk and there was some data initially perceived, but once we have a great deal of evidence, that turned out not to be the case. It, I think it makes sense that 
you know, you can have a medication if it's not used as it's uh, supposed to be that can be quite serious and yet be safe uh, under the proper circumstances. So that that's good to know. So, what are the guidelines endorse, uh, and uh, you know what, what's the current approach uh, recommended? So the guidelines for asthma are, are written by the Global Initiative for Asthma. Um, they go by the acronym GINA, and they were it, they were established in 1993 as a collaboration between the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, the NIH, and the World Health Organization. And the GINA's um, guidelines no longer recommends short-acting beta agonists for mild asthma. They recommend short-acting beta agonists to be used in conjunction with other inhalers, but they're now recommending uh, for patients with mild asthma to use a combination long-acting beta agonist and steroid inhaler on an as-needed basis for acute exacerbations. Um, they also went as far to say that um, short-acting beta agonists might increase the risk for a severe exacerbation and should not be relied upon at home. This was practice changing to me because even as recently as three weeks ago, I was pushing everyone to be using just their short-acting beta agonist. They went a step further and just reminded us that the long-acting beta agonist steroid combination is also indicated for patients with exercise-induced asthma to be used 20 minutes before exercise. They're, they're, they're theory around this is that um, the combination um, tries to control and then diminish the chronic airway inflammation that seems to be present even in mild exacerbations of asthma. And by using this combination, you're decreasing the risk of a severe and potentially life-threatening attack. You're actually, if you catch it early, you actually decrease the risk of adverse things happening. So this has changed how I approach asthma. When patients... Um, have asthma, with mild asthma, I have started recommending this change. And uh, while it's taken a little bit of time for our patients to uh, buy into it, um, I think they appreciate the fact that they're using something that um, they can use as needed. And while it doesn't give them that quick, short relief, it's far less, causing far less side effects and improving outcomes. So that's fascinating. Uh, so basically what you're saying is Lisa was right in wanting to nip this in the bud, and the provider that she saw uh, gave the right treatment to do just that. Absolutely right, and I've learned so much from Lisa, and I appreciate her, her helping me learning more. Alan, thanks well, so much for discussing this with me today. Thanks, Frank. It was very interesting. Practice pointer, for patients with mild asthma, consider using a long-acting beta agonist combined with an inhaled steroid over a short-acting beta agonist for patients who are having acute exacerbations. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.